Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring our own pastoral staff and various guest speakers. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Write a gripping line, whispers a familiar voice in the back of my head from my sophomore English teacher, Miss Shelley. It has to lure your audience. It has to hold your audience. And further deeper in the back of my memory echoes a little bit more loudly. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth is pretty good. And it's a pretty hot sentence in the commentary world. People have spent a lot of time and awe and wonder on just this chapter in the Bible because it holds so much about who we are and helps us answer the question where we come from. And so we'll actually use it as a springboard for today. Perhaps you've heard this story before. Many times, maybe in a children's storybook Bible, perhaps you've even heard it on television, but God created And in general, God created the light and the dark, moved the firmament to make land and sea, and then moved things further around and eventually ended up making created things like animals and plants, birds that flew in the air, and of course, lastly, humans. This creation story is very familiar to us. It's familiar to many, many people because there are many types of creation stories, even if you're not Jewish or Christian or Islamic. The creation story and where we come from holds deep into the human need to finding out who are we, where do we come from. But many religions, of course Christianity being one of them, hold true to God as our creator and the creator of all things. And God was not created. And so in Genesis, we find out what God is now at work at. But it's not the beginning of God. It's just the beginning of us. So our sermon series for this summer, we're thinking about different biblical characters and the context where they find themselves in scripture. And they're described and how they explore faith as their foundation. But today, it's a little bit different because the character is God, and God doesn't have faith in God. That just, I don't know, doesn't really resonate with itself. It's a little odd. But what we have our faith in, that's the character that we're describing. So we're going to explore the character of God and who we have faith in, and we're going to assess our own faith and the character of God. So the first line of Genesis grabs us. It's a very familiar narrative of this character of God. And it's as if it's uh, the beginning of a movie or the beginning of a really great series where we are introduced to the character of God. 
but it doesn't really say a lot about who God is just in these few first verses. But by the end of chapter one, we have a lot bigger of an idea of who God is. And by the end of Genesis, we understand so much more about this character of God than when he first appeared. We know a lot of detail about the creation story, God creating from the teeny weeny to the big and gigantic with let there be, and God saw that it was good through the many days of creation. Moving on from one day to another is some sort of a demarcation of of time period for us. But Genesis isn't much interested in satisfying our curiosity or proving God's existence. But what it does go about the business of is repeating over and over again God's involvement with us as people. You hear that? It's not about proving the existence of God or satisfying our, create, our curiosity about the innermost detail of exactly what firmament happened and then what firmament happened to what sediment, but it does help us reveal God's involvement with us as people. So this is where it starts. This is where it starts, but where it goes, that creativity... That's us up to God moving us. And so we think about the verb created. Created is a gripping verb, and it's in the first line of the first verse. And only in the Old Testament is it really used in this way. It's not, uh, the Old Testament is not a catalog and using the word created as the Israelites, you know, physically creating. And you think of the idea of like artistic or verbal creation of thing as some sort of a verbal artwork. But only God creates in the Old Testament. And the word creating and God creating involves exercising an extraordinary and an effortless ability of a sovereign being to bring something into a being. And this verb draws attention to the amazing nature of who God is, bringing something into something against all odds. And so it's important to realize that God creates and people work. Because we understand in Genesis, God's idea is God's idea from the beginning. And it's in the original understanding of what the theology of work is. Really, to understand it in English, we have to use these words because create has a lot more meaning to us in English, but work gets a little bit closer to it. So God creates out of nothing, and we are the people who work. If you need this, rather, we work with what God has created. We work with what God has created. Work is much more tangible, although all, not always a very favorite term as it's coined for the nine to five rigor that we all go through. So maybe it's a better word, but maybe it's not a better word for you all. But oftentimes when people hear the word create, their mind might flash to some sort of a personal hell where they're all standing in the line at Michael's with all of this creative stuff around them and they're just not understanding what to do with all of it. The DIY section is the furthest away from where they want to be. Or perhaps it's another project that your teacher has prescribed to you. Another diorama? Honestly, please, I can't take it. More glue, more crafts. That's not only what it means to create. 
It's not just visual and audible. Partnering with God in this theology of work isn't about creating something that you're not gifted to do, but it's recognizing, and that's the very first step, recognizing that you're created to create and taking part in the story of creation because, yes, the story of creation goes well beyond the pages of Genesis. And though God rested, and that's a very important place to notice, God rested. And if you need to rest, rest. Amen. <laughs> they just got out of school. I get it. I get it. <laughs> if you need to rest, rest. So very true. But God's work is still not finished. So you eventually have to pick up your computer or your pen or paper, right? We are all called to take part in that work. And the use of the work is first for humans. For example, you probably remember this later on in the Genesis story, where humans are called upon to take care of the land, the living creatures. And God equips Adam and Eve for their work as they begin life in the garden. They're called to work to name the plants and the animals, and thereby naming them, calling them their own, and caring for them. Now, if we were to claim every idea, every product, every machine as our own, we would be foolish. Our mind might have been the one that thought of it, but God is the one who is the creator of the thought. I looked down at my computer this morning when I was crafting a few things, an email, if you will. I was working, but I work on Sundays. It makes sense. This is a small computer, and I I think about all of the different minds that went along into this and how amazing it is. But if for one very second we realize that a human created this, that's insane. Because where did the thought come from, and why did the thought come? What's behind the thought is the great thinker. So today you'll notice there are some art installations in the back. For those of you sitting right here, they're directly behind you, and then we have another one over to the side over here. And during the time when we're receiving communion later, you're going to be invited to recognize and respond to your own calling as a created one. And so it has space for God created, therefore, I breathe, I run, Paint, love, forgive, sing. And if you need to write rest, write rest. And for those of you who don't know what to add, maybe it's I join the robotics club or I sell places that people dwell in. I participate in my child's classroom. I prepare food or I sat and listened to somebody's story. And since the children will be joining us after Sunday school, and they'll be in this space for this as well, so if you're a parent, tune your ears, because you'll have to give them a little bit of a prompt, a little bit more of a prompt about what to put up there. You can simply prompt them by saying, what do you enjoy doing? Because what you enjoy doing is thereby a gift that God has given you. And let's help them put that up there. They're also getting in Sunday school, and they're, they're going to be studying the same thing that we're studying in worship. That's kind of a new thing that we're doing. It's not like they've been studying something else, but um, 
specifically, we're trying to get the children and the adults to have bigger conversations. And so today they're studying about God as a creator and they're getting really cool seed paper. Have you ever seen seed paper before? It's paper that is infused with seeds actually has the stamp of a world on it to remind them that God created the world. And then they can take part in creation by planting that seed paper in a pot with soil and give it some water. And guess what happens? Plants grow up. It's a very vivid reminder that they are to be used in the creation. I mean, the seeds are there, the water's there, the soil is there, the paper is there, and it dissolves. But there's some action that can be taken by the child. Something so small can be used to move on to what it is in our lives that we're to be planting and where we will see some great, beautiful flowers. So here's the truth. It's impossible for you all to lack creativity. I look out into this audience. You are very attractive people, number one, and you are very, very talented. I know each and every one of you a little bit and some of you a lot, and I know that you're talented. I hope that somebody has told you that somewhere in your life. So whether it is to build, to act, to draw, to sing, to dance, but be something bigger than ourselves, God equips you for that work because you're created in God's image. Not only did God create us with the skill and ability to create, God created us purposely to do something with them. So to sit on our hands and not do anything with our gift and talent, that's not going to change the world. Our creativity is useful, and it's for a purpose. And it's our job to take that gift that we have, to not only recognize it, but also use that gift. If you see the world is not the place that you want it to be today, it's your gift that is needed to change it. The world desperately needs us to imagine a different kind of world, a different kind of future, and to help use our creativity and our work to create it. The people of God should not think of themselves called to preserve traditions of the past, but use their creative agency, literally designed by God, to usher in God's future. I think that this is our moment to reimagine our calling, who we are, what our faith is in, and what we're supposed to be about. And I think it's going to be very transformative for this world that we live in. And the nourishment for this journey is before us. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, our God, our creator, creator of all things, good, seen and unseen. It's amazing that you even can make something happen out of nothing. And it is often too big for our ideas. But we know, God, that you do work. You have moved in us. God, thank you for the gifts that we have. And we are so thankful that in the gifts that we have that we would also be nudged to use those gifts, whatever they might be. And God, as we take this piece of communion to understand that we do need nourishment for this journey, It is not something that we can just do by ourselves in our own silo, but you have even created this meal because you know that we need sustenance. In your name we pray, amen.